Let us be attentive. My mouth shall speak wisdom, and the manifestation of my heart shall bring forth understanding. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Colossians. Let us be attentive. Brethren, see to it that no one makes a prey of you by philosophy, by empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the universe, and not according to Christ. For in him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. And you have come to fullness of life in him who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of flesh in the circumcision of Christ. And you were buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised in him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Peace be with you, the reader. Wisdom arise, let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with all. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Let us be attentive. At that time, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And the child grew and became strong filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the company, they went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem, seeking him. After three days, they found him in the temple, <clears throat> sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding in his answers. And when they saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, 
Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been looking for you anxiously. And he said to them, How is it that you sought me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying which he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. And his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Be to the reader. Brothers and sisters, we gather today for a, a Sunday, but we normally gather on the 1st of January for two specific commemorations. First, the one that's most commonly known, the remembrance of St. Basil the Great, also called the Heaven Revealer. And I plan to speak about him a little bit more with the kids. But the other reason, and actually one that in rank supersedes St. Basil, is the feast of the circumcision of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, the circumcision in the flesh is something that was of great, great significance to the people of Israel. It isn't to us as Christians in the literal sense. And it isn't for most <clears throat> peoples across the world. In some ways, it's a cultural practice in addition to a religious practice. In other ways, and most commonly, it's really a practice for the sake of health concerns. At least some researchers provide that as an argument. Now, why was this important to Jesus? And why might it be important to us? Where is this coming from? We see it actually as a law given to the people of Israel, specifically in two books of the Old Testament. I'll start with the book of Leviticus where in chapter 12, it is actually described as a requirement. In Leviticus, it is described as a requirement, uh, as a ritual, this ritual of circumcision. It is connected to a fulfillment of a covenant. And I'll get back to the covenant, late, the covenant part later. But this covenant is actually made complete, made full, by the fulfillment of an offering and the fulfillment of a process of purification. That's how it's described in the book of Leviticus, chapter 12. It's fairly short. Give it a quick read, please. 
but it also connects it to a greater meaning. And that greater significance is really that it's a sacrificial ritual that is offered by the men of the people of Israel simply as being part of a broken world, a part where, a part of a world where sinfulness abounds even without us realizing it or feeling it perhaps. Let's fast forward. We see this topic, this practice and ritual of circumcision come back and quite stridently in the New Testament times. This is shortly after Jesus Christ rose from the dead. The church is flourishing and growing. The church is at work in the world, primarily going to the people of Israel spread throughout the Roman Empire, but not only to the people of Israel, even beyond, for many others were seeking now to become members of the newly developing community of faith, Christianity, and it became a point of debate. Perhaps all of us have heard that this was even a major debate between the two chiefs of apostles, as they're called, Peter and Paul. Interestingly, Peter, we learn, was, argue, was arguing that everyone who wants to become a Christian, even if they are not part of the people of Israel, should be circumcised. Paul was interestingly arguing against that. On the one hand, that makes sense, right? He is known as the apostle to the Gentiles, so he would have been sensitive to the cultural differences of all those people who are coming to faith in Christ, even though they did not have a background of the people of God, the people, the Israelites. But on the other hand, you know what? Paul himself circumcised his disciple Timothy when he made him a bishop and left him as his successor, he circumcised Timothy. Timothy was half Greek, half Jew, and he had not been circumcised. He was circumcised as an adult. And Paul's reasoning for that was specifically so that he may minister more faithfully and more powerfully to the people of Israel. It shows, in fact, a rational accommodation on the part of St. Paul to make sure that the audience, the people who are going to be the flock of Timothy, his disciple, would feel comfortable culturally as well around their new shepherd. Now, the New Testament, especially in the epistle to the Colossians, the Apostle Paul's epistle to the Colossians, and in the book of Acts and in other parts, actually does point out to the fact that circumcision in the flesh is not a requirement, but it is of spiritual meaning and significance. but it is of spiritual meaning of significance because of that word covenant that I mentioned to you at the beginning. So let's look at where that is coming from. 
this experience of being circumcised in the flesh for most of the men as babies, right? But when it was given, they were all grown men. Not a fun experience, I can't imagine, particularly with the medicine of those times. It's a little bit easier. It's a little bit easier, perhaps, and a little bit simpler today for Dr. Tortorellis. But it wasn't, it wasn't like that thousands of years ago. But let's look at it, brothers and sisters. Go back in the, in the holy book, in the Bible, to Genesis, the book of Genesis, chapter 17. Take a look at that. It's actually a little bit longer of a chapter, but it's really wonderful to read because it's given to Abraham. Here, at that point, still just called Abram, is given this commandment. He is given this job to become circumcised, but not just himself. All the males of his household, all those who came of his lineage, and not only them either, but even all the men who were bought, in other words, slaves, into his household. And all of them were circumcised on that day. This was a covenant because the Lord God, excuse me, the Lord God spoke with Abraham, renamed him, asked him to take on this relationship that's marked in his flesh sacrificially as a covenant for their relationship. In return, God promises Abraham that he will make him a father of many nations. And this looks, in many ways, like a contractual agreement, as a matter of fact. Read through that chapter. It seems almost like, you do this, I will do this. This is a promise that God makes to Abraham and Abraham in return makes to God. God fulfills it in time. Abraham fulfilled it on that day. And this comes with a second promise, a promise to Abraham that he would have a son of his own flesh with his wife, Sarah, who was also renamed slightly from Sarai to Sarah. Now, what is this exactly? What is this promise to one another between God and man supposed to serve us as? It's an identity. It is really the way by which we mark, by which the people of God family of Abraham were marked in their identity as people who follow the one true God. That's why this connection with a slight change of name is also attached to God's commandment for this ritual. 
So then you might ask me, how do we practice it in today's world, 2023, in Minneapolis, Minnesota? How is that manifested for us as Christians today? It is actually beautifully manifested through a ceremonial prayer of naming. Sadly, even amongst us Orthodox, we have kind of lost that tradition. But on the eighth day, just like Jesus was circumcised on the eighth day and was given the name, we, the priests, go to the home of a newborn baby, not just the males, and we say the prayers of naming, commonly known amongst people as the eighth-day prayers. But this is a brief five-minute prayer that the priest and the parents, together with the newborn, get together for, and they give a name. They give a name to the child that they intend to use both at the 40-day churching that's supposed to come later, and we get to see the churching prayers most commonly because they're done in the church, typically on a Sunday in the liturgy. And then at the baptism, this is the significance. This is the identity that we take on, the meaning and the purpose of that covenant of identity with God. It is a spiritual identity because it becomes manifested physically with the whole body, not just with the circumcision in the flesh. May the Lord God grant us the wisdom, willingness, and love to grow in our identity as his people. Amen.